Yo, what is going on, A Black Hands community? I am uh, Charles Cole. I'm happy to be here with my brothers. And thank you for everybody that joined us last week, because apparently nothing happened while you all were watching us and being there with us. There wasn't some uh, some some time-altering uh, <laughs> major thing that happened. You know, with the Grammys is on right now, I don't know if something else is going to happen, man. But today... Uh, I'm excited to just have an, an, an open conversation with my brothers like, like we used to. Um, but this is what I will do. I will commit to doing this. I'm going to let people, into, you know, tell us how they feel and do their thing. And I will reserve 10 minutes for us to talk about the slap her around the world. Because I feel like we got to say something about it. Um, why, do, why, do we, why do we have to do that? You don't have to if you don't want to. I just, I just wanted to make the space in case somebody wanted to. Uh, but it's all good if you don't. But Sharif, how you been, man? What's 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 been happening in your week, bro? Bruh, doing doing all right, man. It's uh it's crazy. It's April already. You know, we're four months into 2022. Um it's, it still seems a little nuts. But um doing well. Looking forward to uh to the show. Looking forward. I get to see some of y'all uh over the next couple of weeks. So that's that's dope. But um yeah. Things things are going all right, man. Things are going all right. We get ready for Freedom School Literacy Academy, so I'm super. super Ain't like you got a shape up, B. Yeah, dude. Yeah, hey, hey, that joke out here looking clean. I love it. There you go, man. The the, the boy can clean up when he wants to, man. The man. I'm sorry, Mr. Anchor. What's good with you, man? Man, I'm well, man. I'm 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 fetishizing over here on Reef's uh, edge up. Uh, looks like he's losing a, a, a couple of inches, got pushed back a little bit, but it looks good. <laughs> look good, look good. Shout out well. to ESPM Hair Zone, my homie since high school, still holding it down with his own shop. Yeah, Naeem, Mike Monroe, appreciate you. West Philly, baby, all That's day. What's up, man. That's what's up. Uh, we got Mr. Stewart. How you doing, boss? I'm good. <laughs> 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 I'm good, y'all. I haven't been slapped in the last week. Uh, I was, uh, um, you know, health is this tricky thing. So um, y'all know that I, I have not feel felt completely well for a long time. But uh, I spent a week out at a retreat in, uh, not a retreat, but at a thing in Colorado. And because the air is so uh, really intense there, so thin, I had a really miserable couple of days, the first couple of days. And you know, tried not to let it affect me so much. But it's amazing when you feel bad and then you get back home and you get back to regular oxygen and air and you have that first like 24, 48 hours of feeling like really much better, like great. Uh, it just reminds you of like, you know, what it feels like to come over something to, to feel better uh, when, you've, when you haven't felt well. So, yeah. It was a great, it was a beautiful experience. It was a beautiful place, but the air was killing me when I got back for the last two days or so. Being back in regular oxygen and regular air uh, just made me feel like, like, wow, I remember what it feels like to feel good a little bit. So, well, I'm, I'm glad you're feeling there. better, bro. And I'm glad you had a, 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 a good experience. Unlike you, if I had tips, I would share it with you because you just want to see me fat. You should be fat, bro. You like you deserve to be fat, right? Like you just spent all this time, you know, being lean and, and working out and all that type of stuff. You just, you know, it, it develops empathy. It develops empathy. 
Hey, right. you held on to that, Ray. Yeah, Ray, so you he, held that. He one, did. Bro. He that did. Was... It's a full week later, and he's still holding <laughs> he, he on. He's been to thinking about that. It's a full week later, and I still haven't got what I asked for. <laughs> well, look, man, uh, I, I just want to know what's been happening in the world of education that people want to just talk about. I know one of the big things that happened in my world and my sphere was around certain colleges are getting rid of SAT and ACT scores, and certain are, and some are not. And this conversation, even this conversation, turned into something polarizing. And I just don't think common sense exists anymore. I'm like, I think it makes complete sense for a university like MIT to say, yes, we need SAT and ACT scores because they are supposed to be the creme de la creme in the maths and sciences. Mm -hmm. uh, I am okay with the state schools that I went to, uh, where if you had a 3.0, your SAT score didn't matter anyway. I'm okay with them getting rid of it. I don't know, fellas, just this level that we are at of toxicity around any conversation that has to do with education, it has to be this super either or cultural war. And mm. kids are getting dragged in, dragged in, drug into it, however. And uh, I don't know. I just wanted you all's thoughts. I had a lot of thoughts about that piece. And you don't have to comment on this part particularly, but have you all just been feeling that? Just on the simplest of education conversations are now just culture wars. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I mean, yeah, I think um, we've lost our way. You know, like, like I, I saw this thing with the Titanic. There was a dude on the Titanic. He was the last, actually. He was on the very back of the ship. When the ship, if y'all remember, the back of the ship was sticking up in the air. There was a dude at the top of the back who actually waited it all the way down, waited it out. And then he was one of the survivors who got caught, you know, who got caught, got helped. But he was drinking through the whole thing. He knew the ship was going out while everybody else was freaking out or whatnot. And he went to the back of the ship and he was drinking through the whole thing. He was stone cold drunk. And the alcohol actually helped him survive it. <laughs> it helped him survive the cold water. His blood alcohol level was so high. While everybody else was freaking out and panicking and dying and drowning and everything else, he knew to go all the way to the back of the ship and just wait for the thing to go all the way down and get all the way in the water. And he and he saved. I'm only likening that to education to say right now, the main things that we always care about teaching, learning, pedagogy, practice. How do you organize a school? All of that stuff is getting lost as we're facing things like chronic absenteeism teachers freaking out, people resigning, people not wanting to do the job anymore, um, and just making kind of an issue of every little thing as some big conspiracy or whatnot. This is what Armageddon, education Armageddon looks like. And I think it's time just to drink up and go and get the back end of the ship and just watch it go down. <laughs> and because when it does go down, what will happen is everybody will circle back around and they'll say like, how we, they'll go back to, how do we teach kids again? Like what's pedagogy about? Oh, why, why do we need assessment? Why do we need to assess the kids? Oh, okay. It's just some basic stuff. But right now, it's not a good time for it. The Titanic, Titanic of education is, is, is sinking. So just get drunk. Drink up. Go get the back. I mean, Ray, Ray, yeah, Ray was saying something, too. I mean, go ahead, Ray. I just, it's wild to me. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I respect and understand um, uh, Chris's analogy. But I, I haven't given up on on public education uh, <laughs> as of as of yet. I think that there's some things that are happening that give me hope. Um, we just got we just got through with state testing, and so um, one of the things that we saw uh, was you know there's this whole polarization that's happening in terms of like oh these kids they're two years behind they haven't been in school they haven't did this they haven't did that 
uh, learning loss uh, and like all these other things. But, you know, we put a high bar on our students in terms of like what our expectations were. Uh, the parents did the same thing. They echoed those sentiments. And uh, based off of what we're seeing, uh, prelim, prelim, pre prelim, um, <laughs> I'm like, yo, what's Take your time, brother. Yeah. I told you. I, I told you. Drinking is good. Drinking is good. I told y'all. See, already. Our, our preliminary uh, assessment of how we've done on state, how, how we've done on state tests, at least uh, the New York uh, ELA portion, we're looking pretty good. Uh, our kids mm. rose to the occasion. Our numbers look like they're going to be what they need to be. Uh, in terms of like being competitive with uh, the higher echelon of charter schools in New York State. And so we're super proud of our kids, uh, definitely proud of our teachers. And, uh, and you know, we, we held high standards for our teachers um, and our teachers held high standards for themselves. Right. And I think that that's one of the things that we don't talk about enough is when you get the right batch of teachers, the right um the, the the right staff members and put them in the right places and just get out of their way and let them do the work uh we don't talk about that enough come on in there sharif i know there's a bunch of stuff people want you to talk about a lot of the things was around black ed educators i was like you know how you can like you put a question out there and you could tell who watched the show and who don't because i'm like we, bro we talk about needing black educators every single week. But they was asking about that. People were asking about the Philly superintendent. What's in your sphere, man? What's, 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 what's going on with you? What, what, what we need to be supportive with? Oh, man, there's so much going on. Um, I don't know if I recommend getting drunk and, and watching it all <laughs> pass by. <laughs> Time, they just did a study that no amount of drinking is good for you. So if you're binge drinking, or getting drunk, you know, just be what about real wine in the heart? What Who about put that out? in the heart? Yeah. That was a lot. That was that was funded by uh grape farmers. So, <laughs> no, that was just funded by the National Institute of Boring Lives. Who <laughs> 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 funded that report? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, we got a new a new uh superintendent, uh Dr. Watlington, um, from Salisbury, North Carolina. Um We'll see how it goes. You know, I, I think it's going to be really important, like what his team looks like. Um, he's coming from a 20,000 uh, student district to a 200,000. Mm. Um, you know, so I think it's really a matter of like, you know, who's the team? Um, what's going on? You know, uh, all, just all the stuff. So I'm uh, looking forward jump. to that's a big jump, big Ooh. jump. But, uh, you know, folks out of the three folks, I think, connected with him, the community and, and others, I think, uh, you know, and felt like engaging him was, uh, you know, was the right uh, way. I haven't met him yet. Looking forward to it. Um, you know, the, the, as far as like the the assessments, the SAT, SAT, ACT, SAT, I remember we went away from the SAT um, and started using ACT just because felt, it felt more aligned to content. Um, but I, I agree with Chris, like it, it's so much uh, just arguments right now. And I don't know if we lost our way. I just I don't remember when it was time when things were civil. Like I, I was trying to play him out. Like when would I when did I think like, oh, this is a this is a civil society. You know what I mean? Like it really depended on what you were talking about. Um, racial justice. You don't, you don't I never think it found was better five years ago. Like maybe, I mean, there was like a push for accountability assessments, standards, like schools and stuff. Like, yeah, but well, it was I mean, like, there was more working. There was more going on. Anyways, it just yeah. seems like there was more 
coordination around real education stuff rather than all this. No, I, I agree. There was conversations know. about like how to make it. I haven't heard like how achievement um, is better. You know, people are talking mm -hmm. about and I get nervous. And you we've brought this up before mm -hmm. this whole idea of like, you know, uh, trauma inform and SEL. I talk to students. They're like, oh, SEL is study hall. Like they, <laughs> they got folks who have no idea what Ouch. actual social Damn. emotional learning is. Damn. And it's like it's it's like a dead period, right? And so instead of like actually supporting students, giving them agency and and skills, it's turned to a teacher like, well, I've never I've never been trained on this, or given some mm -hmm. dry worksheets or whatever. Um, so I, I think it's it's less the intellectual rigors and the research. I don't think aligns with the conversation. A lot of the conversations that are being had um, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, are students achieving or not? Uh, and, uh, and we know a lot of folks don't they don't care to even measure that. They're like, hey, if I'm happy and I feel good and they look happy, then they learn it. <laughs> you know, uh, they're achieving. Again, Who's they? The only thing huh? is Who's they? A, a lot, lot of damn people. people. A whole <laughs> lot of people. I mean, I, I deal with those people. I think. But I, and, and this is the thing. I think that there's a lot of like I watch when I watch union folks talk to our parents or I watch um, certain meetings and, and they held by different people. From different communities that ain't never been down to that community before the sub message is always well how are your kids feeling and you should want to be here and it should feel like this you should want to go to that school and da 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 but when you go to a meeting at they school which i you know when i worked in the soups office i had to go in all of the districts their conversations used to be very rigorous around education they used to be like hey are we still in competition with the private school the private school's doing X. Are we still doing Y? Like, it's real interesting how those conversations shift depending on who's talking. And I remember I had a 383 when I graduated. I had AP English and all this stuff, right? I went to college, fam. I remember I, when I transferred from, from, from uh, into Stockton my senior year, they put me in AP. And we had to write a thesis paper. I didn't know what a thesis was. And they were like, but you just had an A in AP English. Like, and this is what I tend to worry about when you get rid of all different type of measures. I didn't do well on the SAT um, and I didn't take the ACT. I did really good on the ASVAB. That's the test to go to the military, um, which is an important test, too, if that's the route that you're trying to go. But it's like, OK, we're taking 10 percent, the top 10 percent of kids from all these schools. And then you get into a college classroom where things are normalized, where they are expecting you to know some stuff. And then you end up like my black ass where I was remedial math, everything and remedial English, everything. Now, how do I graduate top five, six, seven percentile of a school and then go to a state college and got to be remedial everything? And like but those remedial courses, they about. still uh, led to your you know graduation requirements and they were free. Right. So what are you worry about? Right. Like, said, what was free? Not it was free. What was free? It, 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 they were uh, credits that you could hmm. take. I'll be a physician. Oh, right oh I was going to say, <laughs> look, bro, in my like, class, mm, in my high school, mm, we used to get packets. bro. Mm, she was the king. Mm, she was the queen of packets. bro. It's like, what are you? Why are we just getting packets? Like we didn't learn how to make text, talk to other texts. We didn't learn how to take something from this book and then combine it with this book and have like a thought and, and go back and forth. So when people say these things, it always makes me wonder because an A at one high school is not the equivalent to an A at another high school. And I did poorly on those tests, right? Like I probably would stand to gain from this drop, but they're going to find ways to weed out young people. So, I mean, I don't know.
I, I just feel yeah. like we, we love blaming tests. Go ahead, Ray. My bad. Yeah, I, you, you make a you make a really good point though in terms of like grade inflation and like how one grade at one school doesn't look the same as a grade from another school. Mm-hmm. But in, in my opinion, like how you normalize that is by having um by having standardized tests, right? And so and so for me, if like if I'm going in and I'm looking at what what standards you mastered. Um, that's the best. That's the that's the best knowledge for me as a parent in or, in order to get uh, those things that need to be remediated for my kid. I can't go off a teacher's <clears throat> grades because you know you you'll have kids coming home or you'll have kids going uh, going through high school getting to twelfth grade and it has straight A's damn near the whole time they've been in school and they can barely read. And then right. when they go to take the SATs, they're coming up with these scores, and you're like, "Damn, I thought we were we were in a good space." Right. But the only the only way that you know that you're in a good space is that yearly test by you bringing it home by the school teaching you how to read the test, and by you know by by using those tools in order to go out and get tutoring if you if you can, or to be able to use those things to ask the right questions to educators, right? Yeah. And so like if you if your kid is below grade level on this standard, like it makes a more informed conversation when you can call a teacher out and be like, hey, listen, my kid didn't master this. What's the plan in order to get my kid where they need to be as opposed to just going in blanket like, oh, well, you know, what's going on with my kid? I mean, that's, you know, I think I brought it up last week. I did. I'm living it right now just because, you know, I have one that has a special plan, but um we went into the school to talk to them about like, listen, you know, something's not working right now. Something missed. Like he got very behind on some assignments and um, like 30 of them. And it was, it was, it was a big drop. And when we went and sat down with the person who was supposedly the person who's uh, supposed to help him, she said, you know, before you guys came in, I wanted to make sure that I pulled some data just to know where we are with things. And it felt like it was the first time she ever thought to do that. And it was the first time that the teacher, the math teacher had thought to do that before too. And what it showed was that he had dropped from the 92nd percentile down to like one of the lowest percentiles at a specific point in the fall last year. And the teacher's response to, to that when we brought it up was, oh yeah, you know, I kind of felt like that was on my radar, you know, blah, 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 whatever. But the, the bottom line is he missed some days because of being quarantined during those days, they didn't give him work to do uh, that he needed. He missed some key concepts in math and never recovered after that. So went from the last several years of being in the top to this year, just like dropping and being in the bottom. <coughs> and the teacher's response to us was maybe he should, he should just go ahead and repeat the grade. <clears throat> so that was their response. Their response wasn't a plan no interventions, no, we're going to find out which concepts he, he missed and fill in the blanks or, you know, anything like that. That's it. And if it wasn't for the standardized tests, so we hear all the time, trust teachers, trust teachers, trust teachers. They know what they're doing. They're professionals. They've been doing this forever. They're, they're, they're professionals, treat them like professionals. This professional didn't think to go back to fill in the gaps that were missed this professional thought that the best idea would be not just to repeat the grade next year, but to spend the rest of the grade this year just failing because that, that, that's for sure going to make the student love math. If it wasn't for standardized tests in this situation, when that person sat down with us to say, you know, I thought before you guys came in, I would pull some objective information that we can look at or whatever. She literally used the word objective information. And I thought I would, I would pull it now after there's been a problem for months. Um, 
if it wasn't for standardized tests, the whole just trust teachers thing would not be working for us. We would just be in, in real trouble. We still don't have a plan and we have no intervention. I don't know what y'all think about that. I mean, having run schools and, and Sharif, you being a math person, but as a parent, it just doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. It really doesn't. A math person? What's All that? My life, bro. All my He's life. an algebra I person. I He's an algebra stuff, stuff, person. Well. So yeah, that, that's what made me. I went to I, I went to math actually in Iran. I went to middle school in Iran, uh, where so they had to real take math. math and science seriously. It's like real math, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, no, I, Chris. I mean, and I think that story is, uh, you know, emblematic of so many family stories of of like, hey, when are you going to notice? You know, my child. What are what's the what's the plan? Basically, I, I like how you. Uh, how you phrase that. And it's a simple lever to say, oh, just repeat the grade, <laughs> you know? And so don't worry about these next four months. Don't worry about, you know, uh, you know, summer. Don't worry about any of that. Just repeat the entire um, grade instead of looking and saying like, okay, if he was in the 92nd percentile and then there was a drop and we can say the quarantine and absence. And, and as you said, there's some key things missing and the intervention are those key those key, and particularly for me, I mean, any any subject really, right? They're building blocks. So really going in, but being able to have that diagnostic and say, this is these are where the intervention is necessary, and this is, and by law he gets extra. Uh, yeah, I was, Reef, I was yeah, about I mean, to say like, that. It's like you know, what I mean, like I, I don't even understand, like just like the you know hands thrown up, like nah, like this is the time to like all right, here's here's where we're gonna um build in uh. You know, particularly, this wasn't a struggle forever. This was a a recent, and you can target and see. Yep. Oh, here's what you know. Here's what it is, right? Like they this is like too. one of the easier problems. I you know I think that I that I hear about. But it's not easy for us to, to no, target. No, 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 but no. We're expecting teachers. I'm we're like for the educators. You yeah, know I mean? for the educator, yeah. we're like, well, wait a second. You know, you're professional, <laughs> right? Like you're supposed to be able, like a doctor. Doctor tell you, yeah, it looks like you got a headache. And then that's the end of the story, right? That's the end of the story, right? It looks like you're getting double vision. Okay, yeah, I knew that part, right? I knew that before I came in here. Do you have something after that, like like to say? You know know what they would do, Chris? They would actually run more tests. They would actually order a litany of tests. That is what they do. Like, oh, we don't know what the issue is. We're going to test these six things now. Okay, we're going to run these tests. Like, huh, interesting how that works And like, you know, Western medicine, like what was regarded as anyway. I'm sorry, I just hey, but, but well, some of us are more into natural doctors, but you know, Eastern, that's cool too. Eastern, but you know, review, yeah. review. Uh, they say here's some castor oil. That's what they say. <laughs> hey, review, you hit on a, a really good point though when you talked about the legalities, right? Because like if I'm, if I'm thinking about Chris, if I'm thinking about your child, I'm thinking like legally what what a school would have to do in, in terms of like response to response to intervention RTI. Like you legally have to have a, a tiered approach to, to getting kids where they need to be. So, you know, tier three interventions are, are definitely, you know, what I'm going to be speaking to parents about, especially in, in your situation, because it's like, damn, we got to do everything that we can before we start talking about having those kind of retention talks. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I can't just go to the table and the first thing that I pull out of my pocket is retention. It's yeah, like, yeah. what have I done? In order to get me to the space to where I can say, you know what, Re- retaining your child is going to be the but like, what kind of conversation does that even look like with with a with, with a parent that has sense, right? Like, well, I would have went the hell off. 
Ray, no way you about to tell me that retention is going to be the thing that's going to get me uh, to, to the championship and you haven't done A, B, C, D, E, or F? Like, what? Like, I would have went crazy in there. So you're a better man than me because, but, but you know. you touching on something, Ray, and I, I think, you know, I, I sent you, you seen my Cleveland work. I think I sent it to the fellas. It's, it's still closed in, but that's why I was talking about school boosters, man. Listen, I would not, I, I, I don't know, I don't think any of you all trust just the school solely basically by itself around educating your kid at this point. I think that all y'all got some kind of extra activity that they do, some type of extra tutoring, some Kumon, something online. Like when, 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 here's the thing, when you got kids that have already been behind and now the union, instead of actually, uh, you know, arguing in good faith, just go to strike every other week, right? <laughs> I don't think that black and brown kids and poor kids that are in, <laughs> that have lost two years and they don't go to raise school where, the, where they've had this standard and everybody was bought in, teacher, admin, parent, around this kid to actually make sure, hey, we don't fall back. But not only do we not fall back, we don't, we are actually growing. Like it is, it is ludicrous and it is disrespectful for them to just say that to you. But I would also say you're a resourceful parent and I'm sure that you got other things in the coffer. I think these school boosters are important. I'll, I'll just brag on Oakland Reach for a little bit. Lakeisha Young is a friend of the show. I love Keisha, you know, and, and but during the pandemic, they accidentally stumbled on this hub thing. They just they, they just didn't know what was going on. They didn't want to be, you know, at the time I was doing my uh, literacy program and then they were building out this hub. But guess what? When they gave this power to parents and they actually got into a groove, kids start growing exponentially in literacy, like on their own without teachers. So then guess what? Guess who had a problem with them then? So, you know, of course the district want to talk to them and you know who's coming after that? The union. Well, wait a second. What are y'all trying to do? What's the issue? What's the boom, the boogeyman, man? What I'm saying is that these people do not care about your kids. They care about head count. They care about winning arguments. They care about a left versus right conversation. But right now we're talking about Chris's precious asset, his yeah. baby, yeah. where somebody is being flippant and just going all the way to a nuclear, like, listen, I, Chris is a reasonable person. I'm talking about him like he ain't here. If y'all went through every single thing and he saw that that was the best thing yeah. for his child, he'd be like, yeah. all right, well, that's what we're going to do. And we'll do some boosters on, on, on top of that. But to go straight there lets me know all I need to know about what you think about my kid. So yeah, let me bro. add something to this real quick because it fits with, I didn't expect this to fit right with what we're saying. Your United States Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, on Monday said, some people are waiting to use assessment data to be released by the U.S. Department of Education this spring as a means to privatize education. Uh, Cardona's com comments came during the closing general session of ASCD's annual conference in Chicago after Avis Williams, president of the board, said, that the results will likely show a stark decrease in achievement. So Cardona is saying, um, as Secretary of Ed Education, I have to do more to make sure that we're lifting up examples of how it's being used well, how data is being used. But he doesn't want it uh, to be used just to hammer on folks that are working twice as hard to support students right now. So adding privatizing to the word is really political language. Mm -hmm. And adding that to it's test like score data in a year, yeah, it, it, it's a poison pill. And to do it in a year where you know you're about to see a whole bunch of drops and there's gonna be community responses for interventions, uh, for, for a plan. 
Like we 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 can expect there's gonna be drops in test score data, right? Let's let's just say we could expect that because of the not because everywhere. of the time we've well not everywhere, but I mean listen, like you know, the year the two years that we've general. had or whatnot, mm-hmm. expect it, but right. what do you do after you expect it though? Like what do you do after and why would he put this out there like to try and poison this is like the, what what Trump tried to do with elections, these unionized folks try to do with education data. They try to make they try to make it poisoned, like like you know, the election is, is bad and faulty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they CRT it. The data. The data is the data. It says what it says. It tells you what it tells. Some weird, some some. You know, I'm gonna say some weird things coming from that state of ed the the the, the that education ed, ed secretary space. That's true. Like, we knew Betsy was gonna do what she was gonna do, but like John B. King is doing some weird stuff, and now you're talking about Cardoza doing some weird stuff. What do you mean John B. King doing some yeah, weird stuff? What's John, about John about King ain't doing no weird stuff. I think you mean his gubernatorial. Uh, I think you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no. Right, tell right? me, tell me more, Ray. Tell me what John King is doing because we about to sell his soul for the union, bro. What like, are you talking he, about, he, bro? He just, he, I think he just put something out. He put something out with regards to um, that man just Cal, sell his soul. Cal telling, Cal telling to the union. Y'all know this. Y'all was tweeting. You mean vouchers? He put something out saying that he's not for vouchers. He think public money should go for public schools, right? Is what he said. And the yeah, voucher people went ain't crazy. Selling, that ain't selling. Yeah, so the there are a lot of folks crazy. who are not for vouchers, and I and I rock with them. And there are people who are for vouchers. I rock with them. I'm like, oh, you, you. That's the trip. That's, that's right. the Molotov cocktail. Trumps though. Like, oh, you're you're soldier soul. I, I knew as soon as I said John B. King's name, you was gonna jump in and ride for him. Well, I am you did, absolutely. You did, you, you did your internship I, under. under uh, actually, actually, it was under Arnie. Duncan, oh, look at this guilt by association. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Was, sh- was under look at that shaming. Um, that shaming. John was in the building, though. John was the was the uh, COO for John is for a, a good brother. I want everybody listening to this exactly. right now. John I never is said a he very good brother. Solid educator. A crazy good smart, story. Brilliant. And uh, you know what? I, I want to say this, but I'm not going to comment. Ray, I'm going to shoot you some bail. I got you, brother. And, and I have done. Shoot him no bail. And I've done. And I've, done, and I've interviewed John B. King. I will. I, those interviews are live. I will. I will link those later. Uh, shameless plug. But uh, but I do want to hear the comment though, because sometimes these comments can be crazy. So I haven't heard the comment. And I'm not just going, you know, but I, I just told you verbatim what the comment was. But I heard it for now, right, right here on the show. Yeah. I, I hadn't heard it. I'm telling it you, he verbatim said he's not for vouchers in Maryland. He thinks that public money should be reserved for public so, schools. But let me ask you a question. But, but what if black parents and brown parents that are trapped in failing schools are asking, damn near begging for vouchers? What, well, what first of all, first of all, okay, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what they are. I'm glad I'm you just, put I'm it on stage. I mean, but that's a hypothetical. First of all, they're not demanding it in Maryland, and even if they if they were demanding it, I would be supportive of it because I'm supportive of it in general. I don't agree with John on this. What I Got thought it. was really interesting was there were some people in the toxic school choice community who came after him and wanted to erase and cancel him on the spot because he said this thing against their one thing, and the same people who were coming after him for that are literally having martinis with white nationalists and giving them all kinds of bail on their thing. Well, you know, Chris, they're good people. Oh, well, you know, Chris, they're not all the way racist. They're just kind of racist. Oh, you know, Chris, blah, blah, blah. Giving them all kinds of free passes. But yet when it came to John, I'm cutting John off. It's diet Wait a racism. second. You ain't never had it. You were just, just at the Clavern. You were just at the Clavern <laughs> 10 minutes ago with your other people burning crosses and shit. 
And now John just say something about vouchers, and you're like, oh, but that's a bridge too far. He's running against that's West, right? Is him far. and Westmore running against each other? It's yeah, a bunch Westmore. of people. That's, gonna, that's gonna, I mean, but them the two that I know. I mean, I remember reading West's book. Listen, John has been just a very like I, I have enjoyed my time with him and learned a lot from him. I haven't seen the quotes, but I also just didn't feel like Ray was coming from left field. Like, he is, I, but it's if okay. He's a We're accustomed to it. I just, I just feel like his it works for him. It works for him. Like he comes from left field, and it works yeah. for him. Like well, he comes from another planet. John, you yeah. are a friend of the show. You are more than welcome. I don't think he's going to touch our show during this campaign with a twenty foot no, pole. But John, you are smart. more than welcome to have one of these squares, brother. Uh, we would love to chat with you around your campaign. But, but all I'm saying, but, but I, I get the. Everything is political. I think it goes right back to that. And I think, listen, man, and right now, unions is putting numbers on the board, which are schools. They're doing it with Amazon, to much to the chagrin of a lot of people that depend on Amazon, and much to the chagrin of the brother in the lower right corner. I just heard that Delta Airlines is now. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, Stop it. Stop it. I got to find another airline now because so, so they're going to start crashing planes look, look, any day so now. I need the Republican and the Libertarian mm. to tell me how they feeling because I know how Ray feels about Amazon because I, I actually love Amazon too. And I know how Chris feels about Delta. I, I feel the same way about Delta. Here's what I'm going to say about this, right? I'm going to say yeah. that. I, so I'm, I, I'm not anti union. But I do know and I understand <laughs> that yes, when unions get involved, <laughs> give them the screen. Aggressive. Hey, give me a screen. Listen, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an anti-union at all. As a matter of fact, I'm pro-union. But with the understanding that I know that once unions get involved, everything that comes shit out, once gets butt hits, everything progressively that. worse. It gets progressively worse, right? And so here it is, right? Um, somebody hey, Greg, correct- you know you just said, I'm going to give you your time, but you know you just said, I love unions, but just, yeah. just so you know, anytime yeah. they get involved, it's yeah. terrible. <laughs> it is, 100%. 100% terrible, right? And so here's, here's, here's my prediction. I already made my prediction already, right? And so for Amazon, right, people are like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you're still going to get your stuff on time because those are third-party vendors that come in, right? And now, all of a sudden, you see people going to be picking slow as hell now because they got a union, right? And so I worked in the airline industry for, for about five years. And I worked for American Airlines, right? And American Airlines has one of the strongest airline unions in the world. In and what happens is, is when, you are, when you're indoctrinated in this whole union mindset, right? You don't really have to work. So like you go outside and, and like another plane is coming or whatever. You're right. like, I'm not touching that plane. I don't have to touch that plane. Tell the union truth. Says, I don't have to touch that plane. And so here it is. You have a plane in the alleyway for like an hour, right? And you got folks that are like, damn, I'm a paying customer and I got to wait out here for an hour. And I see these guys right here that can bring this plane in. But because it's not my, it's, it's, it's not mine, I don't have to do it. And I can walk back inside and be like, nah, I'm not doing it. My union says I don't have to do it. And that's a lot of the mindset that people have, even with teaching, right? Like I remember a teacher in the building, like I ain't got to do that. The union says I don't have to do that. Whereas it's never like, I need to do this because it's in the best interest of kids. Nobody ever took that mindset. And it's like, once you start taking those mindsets of, I need to do this because it's in the best interest of other humans, then all of a sudden you become a union breaker. Oh, you're breaking the union. He's breaking the union. Man, this is about to be bad. <laughs> can, I, can I just can I just insert a question here? Just from okay, the, I want to hear this from the, yes. from the humanity side. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it. I I also I often wonder as well if it's 
you know, let, let's just call the 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 man, right? Like the you know whoever's in charge. You know, sometimes maybe if they actually hired extra people to cover everything that needs to be done, like you're saying, like oh, this, you know, I, I just can't assume and take this broad brush, like oh. Every time the plane is slow now is because somebody, some lazy union worker is just like, I ain't doing that because my union Bro, that's, that's really just, what's happening. I, I don't, I, I just, I don't buy that, you know, man. I don't buy that. Grief. I don't want to buy it myself necessarily because I want to be for the people. I want to be for the proletariat on these things. But unions. We don't think never... that the other side at all is, has any contribution. I don't think, to... I don't think that unions understand how to run any business because they've never had to. They're parasitic. They wait for someone else to, to run something <laughs> and then they, they attach to it and suck the blood from it. If, if they weren't, this is what unions would do. They would start going for worker-owned businesses. They would start trying to do worker-owned competition. If you're so good at what you do, what happens? I, I put something out on Twitter. I want to see the research every time I see one of these charter schools gets unionized. I want to see the research on what happens to charters after they get unionized. I have because a unionized it, charter school. Because it, because because if you have one charter school, I said I want to see research, which means I want to see an empirical I want across the board, because what I have seen is I have seen them start charter schools on their own from scratch and have them earn, end up closing because they're terrible. And it makes me wonder, well, wait a second. You are the you are the leaders of education, the educators, right, of the workforce. How would it be that you would start a charter school and that charter school would suck? And 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 this is what I mean about parasitic, man. We got our we got Japan hammered, gave us our asses on cars in the seventies and the eighties, and it was because they were able to quickly move and turn and meet the time in ways that you couldn't do in the United States because of labor unions, right? Whole ass entities and organizations wouldn't exist if there were if they were unionized from the from day one and from the get go. Most of tech wouldn't exist if they had to go through union process to make it happen. Unions yes, are parasitic and they're mostly for losers. They're mostly for people who actually are not the good workers that need to be protected from that shit. Yes, right. And if they didn't, they would go somewhere else. You don't want you don't beg to work for people that you think are evil. Right. You don't beg to work at Amazon. Now, listen, I say all this saying I think Amazon's a horrible co company. And what the unionizing effort has done for me is I might, I might drop I might I might drop them anyway. I might drop them anyways. But this is what's so funny is because I actually have started shopping more local and have been looking for alternatives to Amazon for a long time. But you unionizing it and telling me how terrible they are is not going to help you once you get unionized because I'm going to drop them. You have just proven to me it's a horrible ecological disaster of a company. And I'm about to switch to local companies and you just unionize it and you still going to be working there. What kind of fool does that? Teachers do this. They go out every two years and tell you that the leaders of their districts are evil people who hate children and don't want to give them what they need for kids because they don't love kids. And if it wasn't just for us teachers and the union, your kids would be in bad company. And then they get like $5 on their pay schedule and they're like, okay, we're all good now. Come bring your kids back to public school now because it's no longer led by people that hate kids. How stupid. Right. Why would you want to work at a place that you think is evil? Right. If you think it's so bad, why would you why would you do it? Anyways, I'm going to get canceled for this because I do think that unions, if they were done right, God damn, they could be so powerful. Bro, they I could do so much for the world Sharif, if done right. That, Sharif, we will go to the other side of the pendulum on, on unions. And, but I will say this. I think I think in its purest form and what a union is supposed to do. Yes. I think I think it there. I think listen, read the jungle. I read that when I was in school and I was 
you know, that's what I did when I was in, in, in undergrad. I, I had an internship set up to go and do like the union stuff. Like I was a poli sci guy and they set it up. And I mean, but you were reading about people like being slaughtered for like, you know, growing coffee in certain parts of like Latin America. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it was real stuff. But here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. There are such, such racist roots with like unions. And as much as they love to scream racism on charter schools, like a a white boy just aired out his whole family, like his family of union people, of how the union were like directly recruiting KKK members to keep black people out of the workforce. Damn it. Out of the workforce. And then I showed y'all, I think we talked about on the show, Booker T. Washington, two years before he died, wrote, an amazing article in the Atlantic. I didn't know the Atlantic went back that far, but talking about the racism of unions and like really trying to get some data from them. And then also, do y'all know the largest his teacher strike in history took place in 1968? And it was not a good look for the white people. Uh, it was an experimental black district in New York. I don't know if people know this. It was called Ocean Hill Brownsville. Yeah. <laughs> Does it sound before? familiar, Sharif? Yeah, yeah, yes, we've heard of it. We we did like five we, shows with Jordan. Ex- you yeah. were part of it. You know, what I mean? <laughs> well, people from this show wasn't part of it, right? Have you heard about this? You too. I have, I have. Well, for y'all that have not heard, basically, they said that it was racism and black racism. This was like the first iteration of reverse racism. It was like black racism. And then they got the union and the union and the government worked together. And you know what they did? They because they had to let go of some white teachers in order to make this black district come true, because that's what the, the research was saying in the 60s. And then they fired them people and brought back all the white teachers and just squashed it. Right. And, Where and, was- and Charles, say what you're saying right now, what you're talking about right now is the birth of the American Federations of Teachers as as we know it today. Absolutely. The very first leader who won that strike, crushing the black community, Absolutely. crushing the black community's desire to run their own schools and have community schools right. taught by community people who were both black and Jewish in those schools. They wanted that. Al Shanker became mm-hmm. famous by breaking that community. And he is the godfather of today's teacher unionism. And he traveled the country after this. This is is some stuff people don't know. Al Shanker traveled the country after that and told white communities, don't let black militants fight for community schools in your local community. I'll teach you how to beat them. And this is how he beat them. This is how colonists work. He actually created a program to develop, to grow your own black teachers. He didn't want the type rising up again like they had in new york so he developed a para to bring paras in Hmm. to actually train them to be like the children of the plantation children of a new plantation and get rid of those militant black teachers from before and a lot Mm -hmm. of times today don't you hear that same thing and what does that sound it it sounds very similar it sounds sounds very similar and trot out the paras today oh paras like and you know what we just had a strike Mm -hmm. in minneapolis the the, most of the teachers in minneapolis are white when they were striking they went got the paras union to stand like human shields in front of them to, to add some color to their issue. And Boyd and Paris were just like saying exactly what that white teachers union wanted them to say. Al Shanker, you just gave the, you gave the history, Charles, of the and, and beginning listen, of our democracy. here's the thing, and all, all unions are not created equal. I ain't got no beef with the fires, the, the fire department's union. <laughs> the fire department's union is not watching That's buildings true. burn and That's be true. like, 
Nah, let like that burn, yeah. right? Like you scab, yeah. don't do yeah, that, I, right? Yeah, and I also wonder what black firefighters would say about some of the, I mean, listen, their experiences. One the fires aside, but the black experience within, mm, even mm-hmm. the ones that we say That's are okay, point. are not are not the same. Are well, not, here, I think here's the thing, be because I don't want people to think that we with, just hate unions. The point that I'm making is not all unions are the same. And if that union was so great when Brown versus Board happened and all those black educators lost yeah, their job, it wasn't nice it wasn't nary it wasn't nary union that was concerned about those black students or those black employees. CTA. So now. Now that you fire all those people, and now you have last in, first out like legislation. Well, you can't be you can't be a 20-year-old, 30, 40, 50 year vet because you just got fired and your numbers start over again. So That's these right. things that we've adopted, like all this stuff is rooted in racism. Laws, right? So if we want to do a racism talk, like we know what the hell we're talking about, but Charles, you, know, you just Charles, you just hit on something too deep too. I just want to put in a plug for this one point. Black Charles, people, please understand. On, on you know, trying to support unions, I did that. It I doesn't said, sound I like you are. What I said, trying to I give said, them some bail. I said, yeah. I said that all unions are not created equal, and I don't right. have these issues with the fire union. Is all I'm saying. Well, well, I, I just what. want to for, for the people watching seniority. I just want y'all to look up the history of seniority. Seniority mm-hmm. literally has racist roots. Seniority was literally the compromise that unions made so that they could protect their white workers from uh, equal opportunity employment laws that were coming into place. To sign on the EEOC laws, the unions needed to grandfather their white uh, employees to not lose any any of their standing. So, seniority. That is the that is the basis of seniority. Just so you know. So when y'all talk about private, you know, edu- uh, assessments and tests and all that stuff has racist roots, and school choice has racist roots and whatnot. First of all, everything has racist roots. Everything, everything does. Water has racist roots. This goddamn everything. company has racist roots. This everything has racist roots, right? But uh, your seniority has racist roots too, and so does your union. Thank you, Charles, for being put bringing up that anti-union. You're very welcome, it. sir. <laughs> you know, you're very, you're very <laughs> listen, all I'm saying, and listen, this, you're I, wasn't that, I just said all unions are not created equal. That's yeah, yeah, all. No, that's I, true. I, I, that's I, true. Just, and I agree with you. And and you're talking to somebody who was a building rep, you know, Me who too. resigned, who and resigned from it because I didn't agree. I, I didn't think students were being centered, and so I resigned from it. I was just like, that's not what I want to spend my time doing. I'm I'm, I'm more student focused. This is what I want to um. You know, engage it. And one thing is that as soon as I get as soon as I get time, I'm going to research it. But I've heard it from multiple uh, people, politicians, elder veterans in the school district. You know, y'all know I came through an alt cert program, Concerned Black Men, School District of Philadelphia and Cheney University. They were recruiting black men to teach. I was amongst in that cohort. When I asked later, like, yeah, what happened to the program? I was told that the local union went to court and ended it, you know, got them to end it because they were recruiting black men. And that was racist. Now, I I don't I I haven't read the evidence, but I've heard it from multiple sources, credible sources. And that is like on my, you know, you know, you got one of those to do lists like, man, as soon as I get a minute, I want to go dig and find out, you know, if that's true. Um, But I know I know it ended. And it's and it's true. It's, 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 it's damn true. true. Kirk Angle. Yeah, before you research, I just tell you it's probably true. It's probably true. So, so one of the unintended consequences of Brown v. Board was uh, the loss of, of black teacher capital. And, and so, in doing some preliminary research, um, you see teachers that had PhDs that then lost their jobs 
to uh to to, to white folks that barely had a, a bachelor's degree, right? And so you have overqualified, uh, more than impactful black educators that are now reduced to nothingness because they gave up their union um, uh, prior to Brown v. Board. And so for those folks out there, I am pro-Black Teachers Union. So if you wanted to take something and you wanted to say, you know what, you know, we're going to formulate this massive union to protect Black and Brown teachers, because I think that the issues that Black and Brown teachers are not the same as the issues that white teachers may have. And so now you have a predominantly white teachers union that has uh, over 80% white women. And so the things that may be important for white women may not be the same as what's important for uh, uh, people of color. And so I think that if we had a union that focused on the needs of people of color, then I would have a different approach in terms of how I looked at uh, teachers unions. But that's just me. We just need people. Nobody wants to work around rats and rodents and asbestos. And and you should and, have to. And, and torn down to. buildings, right? Like that's, you know, to me, that's like, that's a part of it. But, but I agree with Chris, you said something earlier and you said it before. If if their North Star was right on, on, you know, on students all the time, not some of the time, all the time, um, it could be, you know, uh, super powerful. Um, and as we saw this past year, you got. I'm a rock with him when when you know when necessary when it. Yeah, when you it know, makes sense. That's um, right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, but that's there's right. some people who are just like, oh, they're you know with the broad brush is like, oh, you can't do any work with them, and forever. Where if it's like if it's school funding, if it's this anti CRT uh, terrorism, you know, you know if what? It's, you better if, tell the truth. You know, yeah, all, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, like, oh, like listen. Where's my card? Like whatever. Like let's let, you know. Let's do this. But like that type of alliance, I think is absolutely critical. And we can be critical about the things that they get wrong because I, I do agree they get get things wrong too. But Reef, that's where we started the show at, right? We started the show around where did common sense go? Common sense says I don't know the answer before I hear the problem. Like it says, I'm going to listen first. Right. Like that's right. Like and I said this when I was in Memphis with Miss Sarah I, when they was asking us about these this fresh start program. And I said, listen, I don't know the details, but here's, here's how I look at when anytime I'm talking about schools, you need an internal barometer. And I'm worried when people just tell me, I just care about public school. I'm like, what does that mean? Right? Like, what, is, what are you talking about? In my yeah. mind, here's my ranking system, students, their parents and their community, then the people in the school building, like meaning public learning. staff, then the teachers, then the admin. That's my list. You can have a different list. But if I talk to you in this and my kids are there or Chris is a raise or Sharif's kids are there or anybody that I love and you don't even and I ask you what your ranking system is. You say, I just love I just love public schools. Then you can't negotiate on behalf of me and my community because most people don't understand a lot. of. And I'm not trying to talk down to anybody, but I want to just be I used to work in this field and I had to explain it. Teachers unions jobs are not to advocate for kids. It is to advocate for their staff. I just want to be very clear. So if you have my friend was the vice president of, of the NBA players union for a long time. His job wasn't about the fans. It wasn't about the owners. It was about the players. So now if you do what Ray said, which I'm on board of a black, but here's another layer I go. What if there was a, a, a teacher parent student union? 
What was there was a, a, a parent community union where you had to center the things that matter? Because here's the thing. You can still negotiate hard, but your first option wouldn't be to not teach black kids that have been out of school for two years. You wouldn't. Well, I mean, and, and, and you know, there is no third party sitting at those tables when they're working out those negotiations. That kind of is the problem is like you shouldn't be able to do such a big contract. Like that's the biggest contract that you you negotiate as a public entity and the public doesn't have any say so in that room in that like you you don't have anybody from the community sitting at the table raising questions you know know, yeah you trust the school board well let me say this because i know we're gonna run out of time open up up those charter school board meetings and if you're yelling at then you should also be saying well open up these these uh union meetings as well not just the meetings though the the negotiations we want to be in the negotiations yeah Yeah, not just meetings but 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 um I will say this point because I don't want this to come across as, as anti-union because if late. unions, because if unions, no, it's not because if unions <laughs> really were about their better angels and they wanted to be a democratic force for good right now, they're probably mm-hmm. one of the entities that's in the most powerful position to make it happen, not just in education, in society, period, but definitely in education. They're the largest union, period, of all the unions now. The teachers union has become the largest out of all the others. There's no longer the auto workers or anybody else. It's the teachers. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest and they're the most powerful. So, and they're most powerful. And right now, I do have more in common with them with the, with other folks. See, there will be people when I when I lob a union critique, there will be people who will cheer me on who want the focus to stay just on anti-union shit. And what I will say right now is going to sound a little shocking for me. Unions are probably the most positive education democratic organization working right now today because most of our kids are still within the traditional systems and there are people who are coming to try really to to exploit this opportunity right now to to damage the traditional system in a way that I don't think actually furthers our interest because they're not offering anything to replace it. They're not saying we have some other great system we set up and we we put together and we're good. Kids are in a very fragile position right now. And all they got are their schools in some cases. I don't want to cheer those on to fail. I don't want to root for those to fail. And especially if the people rooting for those to fail are white supremacists, white nationalists, running campaigns coming out of white nationalist um, um, foundations with dark money. And you've got fools that look like us out here talking about, yeah, but Chris, don't talk about that. Just talk about the unions being bad. Like, like, ignore the fact that I just had lunch with David Duke's grandchildren, right? Prominent people, right? <laughs> and I, I want to put y'all, I want to put y'all on the hook right here. There's some people that look like us out here still talking this school choice bullshit, like it's it's the salvation, and all that is is a coupon to schools that don't exist. I'm gonna be real with the public right now. They're selling you coupons to schools that don't exist. There is no, you can't walk. 8 million black children out of a system right now and have something waiting for them. You don't have anything waiting for them right now. You have ghost laws that you're trying to pass and you're doing it with people that have our worst interests in mind and you want to cover yourself up and tell me not to tell the truth and not to shame the devil. No, I shame you because you a sellout and you need to stop with this nonsense. You need to stop it. Josh, why give your day to screen on that rent? Why, why, hey. why, 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 why hey. give your man's a screen on that Chris, one? Chris, Chris, one step further though, right? The same Preach. people, the same folks we talk about, we're not calling their names, but these are the same folks that are touting, oh, 100 percent, uh, 100% of my high schools are going to college, but then when you look after the first semester, 50% of them are back home. 
<laughs> but that's the thing. And I mean, back in traditional <laughs> school, back hey, in the terrible traditional system, hey, right? Man. But that's the thing, though, right? The and again, because what, what I'm talking about ain't even political. It's just around common sense. And if this, if if my baby is my most precious asset, then if it makes sense for me to be partners with this union on that, then yeah. If it makes sense to be partners, I'm not. Y'all ain't my friends. We ain't friends. We ain't. That's listen, right. man. I look at y'all like a stoplight. I just need you to turn green, yellow, and red when you're supposed to. I don't need you to love me. I don't need you to call me. I don't need. I just need you to do what your function is when we're talking about something that I care about. And for black people that are listening, you don't. None of these teams care about you. See yourself as an asset. See yourself as somebody who can put up 25 points on this stuff. They will trade you. They will play off of you. They will make money off of you. And when you hurt your leg, your ass will be up out of there. And they don't some of care them, about. And some you. of them look like us. Some yeah, absolutely. Like Listen, because be it's real. not about Some your kids. Like right. Listen, man, Chris going to write this damn book and somebody else going to write it in a minute, man. When Chris says that our kids are the new cotton, like our kids are commerce. They are commerce to be traded. This is the only public entity that I swear to God that we be acting like it's untouchable and it's the greatest thing ever. I grew up in public housing, man. I grew up in public <laughs> housing, man. With like roast no. bombs twice a year. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, my grandmama wasn't like, baby, I want you to go up. I want you to grow up and I want you to be so faithful to this public housing system. No, she said, I want you to get your ass up out of here. I want you to go live a different type of life. If I can get the best at these public schools, great. But black people, you deserve better. Check everybody's jacket. What are they doing for your kids? And you need to negotiate and be ready to walk away from any table. Any table. If you right. are at any negotiation and you can't walk away, guess what? You're not negotiating. You begging. And, you and not all not all the, the public schools are bad. And this is where they've always had us beat. They've always had us beat because we've always pretended like every traditional public school is bad and whole system is bad. And what they knew for a fact was there was a, a nation of parents that don't agree with that because many of their parents are in good, clean yeah. schools yeah. with running safe, water, safe, with great things and whatnot safe. as safe. And we're out here pretending like they're all bad. And all, the other thing that they knew that we they also could wait pretended like ours or like ours, ours <laughs> like the alternatives are all good. Right. Yeah. And they yeah. knew that was wow. a lie. So they waiting us out. I just believe in your choice as a parent to choose what's best for you. And I, I say this all the time, whatever you choose, you got to be ready to fight like hell. If you got a black kid, if you got a little black boy, they're going to say that he is a threat. It don't matter if it's in a private school or a public school. That's you know right. what I'm saying? If you got a little black girl and, and, and you know what I'm saying? She tried, she dressed a certain type of way. It's going to, it's a whole, listen, there's going to be attacks coming from everywhere. And we not victims, man. See, that's the other thing. These people want you to act like you a victim and everything, yo. Like, you get to dictate what quality is sometimes, yo. You get to ask for better. And that, that's, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I don't care if unions love me or hate me, right? I'll rock with you if it makes sense. And I won't if it don't. Like, y'all got to stop picking teams that don't put your kids at the center. When you ask them what their priority is, and if your baby ain't the top one, then you got to be ready to move. You, this ain't it. about friends. It's about your baby's future, man. That's it. Anyway, I know we should probably roll in the final thoughts, but. I appreciate y'all letting me rock. Well, wait a second. Now you said you was going to hold some time aside. Hold, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. I, I'm fine. My, the snap. I, go ahead, brother. I thought y'all said, I don't want to talk. Who said we want to talk about I said that. Nobody else said that. You Raymond. You was not the only one, Raymond. But go yeah, ahead. Everybody hates Raymond. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris. No, I mean, say, listen, everybody. listen. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. So in this last week when I was out something and it, it ended up being a big deal, people were talking about it, it was a bigger deal than I thought it was going to be. I was like, well, well, wait a second. Cause I felt kind of simplistic. My, 
my take was just like, go out and test it yourself. Go out in the public, find a couple somewhere and, and insult the wife in front of the husband. And if you come out with your teeth, then maybe Will was wrong. But I'm just thinking hood rules. Go anywhere in the United States. Go to a bar tonight. Someone listen to this show. Go to a bar tonight. Find a couple. Make sure the guy has got muscles, right, too. Make sure the husband's got muscles. And insult the wife in front of him. And then watch what happens. I think insult comedy has created so a safe thoughts. zone for skinny people. It's and I just so don't think, thoughts. I just don't think, like, you know. Because I love but, Will Smith and I love Chris Rock to death. Right, right. But he also snuck that dude. But listen, me, me and me. Snuck like this? He, he pulled the arm all the way back, bro. He nah, pulled he's the arm all the way back. What are you doing? He's snucking. Here, here's what I will say. Right, uh, down, somebody who did his dissertation ah, wow, okay, on a right. thing called the Black Achievement Trauma Tax that both of these young men uh, fall into, I think it's very interesting. But I do have a lot of thoughts that kind of go both ways. I actually can see it in multiple ways. But here's the thing, Chris, and, and Will did what he did, and there's a lot of consequences. And I also think that there are wives that would have been like, hey, man, you weren't, hey, you don't mess up all the money. Don't mess up all the opportunity. He did. Don't mess up all he his, mess what up his Two of his movies have been haunted. Netflix just haunted one of his movies. Now, listen, bro, he had to leave. Him trying and the mental right. breakdown yeah. he had. Yeah. And I've read yeah. his book. Like, it was yeah. some deeper stuff in there, bro. Read his yeah. book. A lot of it makes more sense. And I, I, I want them both to I want them both to do well, man. I hope I hope we come out on the other end of this. But Josh and oh, look I, at Corey Shows messing with me. Corey <laughs> Shows right. messing with me. Josh, <laughs> Chris, my drinking fight. I hope people know I'm joking. Josh, <laughs> Josh and kinda. I will have kind of Josh. You let the people know when that video will be out because we I think we do a good breakdown of it, man. But does anybody else have it's it's a conversation I think that probably shouldn't be having on camera because there's a lot of ways to go. There's a lot of there's a lot of things in there, bro. He knew who he was hitting, too, bro. He knew who he was hitting. Well, and Chris, I, I knew, Chris, and Chris knew who he was insulting, too. You know, he, he had to tell a masculine joke. He had to tell a masculinizing joke about uh, Jada. But his joke about Penelope Cruz was about her having power in her relationship. And whatnot. On, it, wasn't about, it. it wasn't about her looking like G.I. Jane or some some nonsense like that or whatnot. He knew what he's doing. Chris Rock has always been pro problematic, on, whatever. Bro. And, you know, I, he, that he, word, problematic. He's a he's a comedian. He bro. Who's a, yeah, who, he is who a comedian. comedian? Name, name your top tier comedian that's not problematic, as you would say, please. Mine, my favorite one. That, that's not problematic in any way, and I will show you. Please tell me, Red Fox, who who wasn't problematic? Yeah, no, he wasn't problematic what? at all. No, he <laughs> held it. Up, he held it up for the beige people. Red Fox held it up for beige. Oh he, my no, god! No, he wasn't. Him or Richard so Pryor. No, I Richard Pryor either, huh? Greg, Greg yeah. Carr, Doctor Greg Carr, and Shayna did a, I think, a really you know insightful. Uh, take on you know the whole incident and and the layers of it because I I think it's I it's both, so man. many different layers to uh mm -hmm, you know like mm -hmm. what happened uh how it happened you know uh you know everything from Will's first laughing about it to the responding to going up to you know just just everything um as I, I would say definitely check that out I was on the Citizen Ed on Thursday um you can see it and, on the and, and and we should put a link out get that out there mm. i would love to hear what dr car said about it because yeah. you know he's got he's got the scholarship on it mine was just an initial gut reaction go try it yourself 
right? <laughs> it's like play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? Like, so go out that. yourself, go try it so, tonight. So, go so, try so, it. So, so when the rock, hey, well, I, I said this before. Like, I, I mean, if you thought that, that was gonna stop people from having Jada, if you thought that was gonna stop people from having your wife's name in your mouth, you sadly mistaken. You, you, this entire industry. Well, stop Chris from doing it, probably. Huh? In October, and my brother going to see him and Kevin Hart in New York, yeah. uh, when they do their thing. Well, you know so. what? It's not the first time he's come after her either, though. So, then you know, there's some pent up stuff there, too. It's not the first time they've had this interaction with each other, right? Like, so, Ray, had you are great. This is the wisest so, I've ever seen so. you've been in the history of <laughs> and I'm gonna take a cue. From, from him because you know what Ray is doing. Ray understands street rules and hood rules, and this is not a conversation because it got so many different layers, bro. It has so many layers. No, no, but let's just be real. Street rules. Street rules is street rules. If you skinny, you don't walk up and 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 insult. It's street rules both ways. There's also street rules that you don't sneak somebody. Isn't this what comedians do? All like I just I didn't see what he did. That was so no, it's not different than all the other comedians. Exactly at the Oscars that I see. They just roast people at the Oscars. That's in the front row all the time. And I'm not. I'm not. They've getting worse about it. They've been getting worse about it. They've started like I, I, mocking I mean, people's dead family members. And what not, listen, in hip hop world, mocking people's dead family members like some of the comics have done will get you killed. Right? Like you, you like 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 y'all y'all acting like this is like comedy and hip hop aren't like united. No, no, I, I think I'm you act like, like you don't hear crazier jokes on a regular basis that you laugh at because she was laughing at the other jokes until that one was on her. And this is the thing. I mean, listen, man, we talking about how would this work in hip hop? Charles, how would this work in hip hop? What do you mean how would it work in hip hop? Somebody I, would make I, a record back, or, and if they saw each other, maybe something to happen. But guess what? When maybe you something up, you would happen. Somebody, I said maybe. maybe. Well, actually, to be honest with you, actually, more happened at the Oscars than at the 95 Source Awards. Like, it was a lot of talking at the Source Awards. <laughs> this actually has something happen. And all I'm saying is, hey, Will Smith can do whatever Will Smith needs to do, but the way he mentally broke down after that, that crying and, like, the way he's trying to kind of save his stuff now, I know he regressed yeah. it. He's talking yeah. about how he regretted it. And I regret it. So? You think yeah, I do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If You know what? Have you read his book? See, that's the thing. You know what it is? I've read his book what, so thoroughly. Like, and beforehand, like, and it's a good book, but his whole book is about him being a coward, right? So let me just, just for context. He yeah. start, his, his, his whole book starts <laughs> off because he couldn't protect his mom. His mom and all that. So there's different parts of his life where he's felt like a coward. So this doesn't, this wasn't shocking to me what happened and how it happened because he's felt like he hasn't protected the people in his life in certain type of ways. And I think he had a moment and then you saw him break down right after that moment. You know what I'm saying? He had to be consoled. Now, it, I think it's going to, I wish him the best. I hope, I, I love both of them cats. This is the thing, right? Like, even as we talk about this, both of those dudes are legends in our community. Legends. Chris Rock yeah. is a legendary talent. Will Smith is a legendary talent. And I actually do think that those two people are going to be okay. I do think that the families of those oh, people is going to have an issue. Because I saw Tony Rock. Tony Rock, man, everything he said. And, it, and, and he used to work with Will Smith and all that stuff, man. I, I think that there are some other rules there. And I just don't want to see it get worse than what it was. So well, I, let's I'm see what, let, what the crowd them. says. The crowd says, Michelle Johnson says, Rock is monetizing it. Um uh, he already was on tour. He was already. Yeah, they said Sherry, Sherry out, says Ray like, like Ray. Nope. So so Sherry is with Ray, like with nope. Nope. Robin says it was patriarchy. Um, Michelle Johnson also says, but a comic in the hood in a hood show can get your ass kicked. 
which I believe. I've well. been to Cole Johnson. Cole Johnson is just like y'all sleep well. Cat Williams shows and then nothing pop up. You, you have you been to a Cat Williams show before? You know what? Yeah, I'm glad you bring him up. He's not problematic. He's my favorite comic today. Oh my, he, he ain't he's problematic. Not, he's not problematic. <laughs> People, y'all better y'all give y'all final thoughts. We gonna let Ray go first, so we can get up out of here because Ray is the smartest person out of everybody tonight. B. So, yeah. So my my final thoughts are, are centered around test prep, and so what I'm seeing. Um, bring it back. I love it. Yeah. What what I'm seeing at some at some charter schools uh, is that prior to the test, like 10 weeks up into the test, they shut their curriculum down and it's all about just uh, test prep. And I think that that's a travesty uh, for, for, for students, for you to shut your curriculum down for, for uh, two and a half months in order to uh, prep for a test. I feel like test prep should be year round. And I feel like uh, the targets that you have in terms of like your scope and sequence should be so high to where you're teaching above the test so that you never have to stop your curriculum in order to drill for a test. So I think that one of the criticisms uh, with regards to charter schools about, you know, just whole just uh, test prep scene, drill and kill. Um, I want more folks to put joy back into education put joy back into the kids so that, um, so that kids can have fun at school. And so there's ways to test prep uh, year round that don't uh, force you to be uh, 10 weeks in and so that's where I'm at with that. And so appreciate y'all giving me the, the mic at the end. And I appreciate y'all uh, allowing me to not be a part of that Will Smith, Chris Rock conversation. <laughs> we'll talk off camera about that one, Ray. I got you, B. Reeve. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we were all, we delved into a lot of things. What, what I will say is about the, you know, the slap is I, I just wish that all of the conversations that people have had about that, I wish we could funnel all of that to what student achievement, like what's happening with kids. You know what I mean? It's, and we've brought this up before, like the the culture stuff, like, you know, mm -hmm. do it for the culture. Like, I, I'm sometimes just like, not fascinated, like kind of like disgusted, fascinated, just like how much energy stuff like that absorbs. Um, and it's just like, yo, kids are like, getting shot in the street you know um philly somebody robbed a daycare um like i mean it's wow. like just crazy stuff happening and you know like you know they talking about millionaires having you know uh slap boxing like i'm just like i, I just don't care i don't really care that much for comedians for the most part because it's just like busting on each other like we were doing that in middle school it's like i'm like huh you're getting paid to bust on people like i, I prefer i like comedy that's that's kind of social critique um, and I and I, I see that kind of waning a lot. It's more of, of this kind of stuff. Uh, but like what we were talking about earlier, I don't quote this guy often, but you know, the, the one thing that Einstein said that I can really appreciate, he said if he had an hour to solve a problem, he'd spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and only five minutes thinking about the solutions. And I think if we thought about these problems, because everything, as you said, you know, uh, Chris and, and we all agreed that is a race base to so much of this. And if we can figure out like, okay, how, you know, whether it's union, whether it's the, you know, districts, whether it's charters, whatever it is, what's the, how do we get to the foundation um, and center kids and address like what's holding them back? Um, low expectations, negative mindsets, lack of resources, all those things, and then just address those, you know? So we're going to disagree with people that we're going to have to partner with. 
right? And just collective work and responsibility and collective accountability to, to start trying to get some stuff done. Um, but we are, we are in, we're in a, a quicksand to the nth degree. And like, listen, I just don't have time for, you know, and, and, and look, Will, you know, was fully born and raised, you know what I mean? Same high school and everything. He's only, I think, a year ahead of me uh, at Brook. And like, I, I just, I don't care about all of that. <laughs> you know, it's just it's so many uh, other things happening. But uh, yeah, we got work to do, bro. Mm-hmm. Work to do. Um, is a dying. Slowly and quickly. Absolutely. Chris. So I agree with Sharif. Um, I think that we're in uh, a a test right now. We're in a test of adults. So if the thing that actually we want to see what's actually the most actually not working for kids right now, it's adults. And, And it's not adults in schools. It's easy to point the finger at just the teachers or the teachers union or whatever. We're all part of the problem. We're all interconnected. Uh, we live in an interconnected world. Um, we are getting it wrong, period. So I don't want to like exclude myself and believe that there's some other, some human other that is really the problem with our kids. Um, we could be doing much better for our children in, in terms of the environments that we have them in, in terms of the, 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 the messages and the things we put before them and the opportunities that we put before them, opportunities. Children are always learning. Uh, Betty Harple told me that years ago, stop saying that kids, our kids aren't learning. Our kids learn every day, whether you want them or not, you can't stop them from learning. So knowing that, knowing that they are always learning, it's up to us to curate the environment that they live in. When I say us, the first people that are most responsible, uh, you know, Gandhi says there, there's no equivalent to a virtuous home, no school that's better than a virtuous, you know, uh, home or, and no teacher better than a virtuous parent, something like that. And I really believe that we have to start talking about um, the school, the home as a school, as the first school, the parent as the first teacher, and asking the question, what are your tools and your pedagogy before your kid even gets to school? What is your black canon? What is your brown canon? What 18 books should be in every household? What, what 25 books should be in every household? What's the best that has been written um, ever? And what is the best that has been the most instructive in the history of mankind from Eastern and Western and Afro, uh, Afrocentric uh, cultures, all of them put together in your household so that when you do hand your child over to a school, you're actually handing it to a second teacher and a second school, right? Because you've already created the domain for learning uh, that, that you yourself are, are creating for your own child. And ask yourself the question when you do hand your child over, Who's the most, who's got the most infrastructure and the most ready to do it and has a place for you to be and go? Because there's a lot of people out here selling wolf tickets in education commentary. Wolf they're selling tickets. you schools. Let's go. They're, they're selling you, you schools that don't exist, coupons to get into schools that don't exist. And you're dropping your kids in real ass schools with real ass systems that need some advocacy to take care of things like what, what Sharif was saying earlier. Like you shouldn't be bringing your kid to an asbestos school with rats and shit. You should be asking the question, why is this like this? While other people are trying to offer you alternatives that don't exist. So your home is a school. You are the first teacher. The school is a second school and a, has second teachers. And don't put your kids into environments that haven't been tested or tried or somehow work for you and support your schools. Let's all do our job. Parents, aunties, uncles, cousins, whatever, because we're in a test. These two years, these past two years, biggest test we're ever going to be in when it comes to student learning. 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, the results are going to come in. 
Mm. Let's make the results better than, than I think they're going to be. Let's make them good. That's my final word. Love it, man. And I just want to thank everybody uh, and everybody that, that brought and added to this conversation. I tried to weave in and throw things in there. That's why I sent, seemed like it was going so many different ways. But you all asked us to talk about Black educators, the union situations, kids, COVID, uh, what was going on with strikes. Uh, we tried to like put as much of that stuff in there. And I would say, uh, it, just in my final thoughts, man, I actually love the concept of unions. I actually think it's really powerful. So much so. I, let's go super meta with this. Like, I want to see black people inside of their union, like unionize inside of their union. And to where, and I bet you that that union going to find a way to union bust the union inside of their <laughs> union. This thing gets deep, y'all. It gets deep. Um, I, I, I do believe, and I, and I say this, when anybody is talking to you about education, ask to see their jacket. Ask to see what they've actually done for kids that look like yours and ask what the ranking system is of levels of importance, all right? And if it don't start with kids and their family and their communities, if it starts with teachers, if it starts with that man, if it starts at the school, then I don't know, you, you can't just trust. Black people, man, we just so trusting. Black people are some of the most trusting, loving people. They can say what they want about us. We're some of the most forgiving, trusting people on the planet, right? Watch how much we forgive and trust and bring Kristen will and restore those people. They might have some jokes, but we love both of them brothers and Jada and that whole situation, right? Because we are loving, forgiving people. And what I'm saying is sometimes those people, other people know that. And sometimes they use it against us. Sometimes they use our hearts against our minds. And I just feel like now is the time with things super politicized. You got to put your baby stuff first, man. Like we done already had a crack epidemic. We done already had the 70s. We done already had the 50s. We done already had Brown versus Board. And we already know where this COVID era is, is trending to around who gets it worse. And unfortunately for you, all of y'all don't go to raise school. So if you're not getting what you need, you got you to gotta understand the power that you got and you got to demand better. And you got to be ready to make a move if not. Uh, but with all that being said, man, uh, for, for Ray, for Sharif, for Chris, I am Charles. We're so grateful to have you. We will see you next week at the same bad time, same bad station. Uh, we hope y'all have a, a healthy, wonderful week and love on somebody, man. And don't slap nobody. Uh, we will see y'all <laughs> next time. God willing. <laughs>